0: Now. Three, two, one, go.
1: What is up, everybody? This is episode one oh three of Cool Down Time, and in this episode we are covering the rumored Sony handheld device. Does Vita live? Plus, mm. is Konami all the way back? We, we're going to discuss that. And does the Mario movie suck? That and also five franchises that deserve a new developer. We're going to do all of that. But before we get into the show itself, let's introduce your two-man panel for the show. I am, of course, the technical mess of the show. Pablo. And joining me with, and joining me, with me, always with me, <laughs> never against me. Uh, he's always, uh, you know, telling me I'm right and that I'm the best to ever do it. See? Uh, so I appreciate oh. him. And that is, of course, the graphically impressive Marco. Marco, thank you so much for your support. Uh, we don't need to hear from you. We're good. Let's move on. Uh, let's wow. talk. Let's I'm just kidding, man. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Every
0: week. Every week you try to hurt me and <laughs> in this... <laughs>
1: By saying you support me,
0: <laughs> yeah, because who said that I support you? I said that's it. the problem.
1: I, I know it. I said I'm more it.
0: worried. I'm worried about you, man. Every time you get on this show, you got you got an attack ready for me. You said you were gonna eat our recording software's children uh, yep. about two minutes before we hit record. I'm I'm, I'm 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 very worried about your
1: aggressiveness, man. Okay, but listen, only Marco would see me saying, "Hey, Marco supports me." as an aggressive attack on his person that's insanity Uh,
0: well there's also the fact that you wouldn't let me speak Uh, there's always that too oh that's
1: because you know I just looking out for you man I don't want you to say something crazy like you just did wow Uh, wow
0: see where this friendship's going Uh, no doing uh, doing phenomenal other than podcast abuse didn't ask how you Um, were doing but okay oh wow (laughs) see what I'm saying everybody (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is outstanding I, I love it here this is a good time um, this is a, a toxic work environment but only we recorded. it this is just for posterity's sake um for the lawsuit coming down i'm just trying Kutaku, to be relaxed today man. article
0: i just don't i just don't want you attacking me i'm trying to be calm i'm trying to be zen today i don't want to i don't want to take the bait and start sounding off right now because i'll start making fun of you and it's Listen, gonna get nasty
1: all i want i don't want in a couple of days from now, Jason Schreier to be like, hey, one of the employees from cool down time has reported <laughs> that he is being abused at the workplace. Uh, so, you know, one of our many employees uh, no. could possibly, you know, well, th- then
0: I'll then I'll have uh, my lawyer leak texts between us. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Then that'd be, those be. Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, that's a little Jonathan Majors uh reference there, my my, oh, yes. my friends. But uh anyway, yeah, doing pretty good though. Uh good, had a good, pretty good. solid week. Um, other than getting kicked in the ass uh with a migraine, or I guess kicked mm. in the face with a migraine was probably the better way of saying that. But yeah. I have recovered. I live, I breathe, and I'm still offended by you. But uh mm-hmm. hey, I showed Just up. by existence. Yep. Yep.
1: That's good. Basically. I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Uh Marco you know, we have a show here that we are about to do. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get into it soon. Uh, and when we do that, can you tell the people who are listening where the hell they can find us? <laughs> where the hell? I'm just practicing my Vince McMahon since right. he's apparently back. So
0: Yeah, you know. well, first of all, wipe the phlegm off the microphone that you just hacked onto it while I do this part. Uh, but if you want to find us, we are where you're listening to us right now. But if you're curious to where else we are... Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even our own official website at cooldowntime.com. And if you're feeling extra cool, you can also follow us on IG and Twitter at It's Cooldown Time to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. And uh, Pablo, I think that's going to do it. So I'm going to kick it back to you. Let's get this show started
1: yeah so for new listeners that we have new listeners we we break down the show into three segments which is loadouts mm-hmm. which yep. is what we're playing and anything current that is um, within our purview we also have our hit points which is any kind of new news story that we want to cover uh, that's there for us to, to kind of dissect and give our opinion on and then of mm-hmm. course we round out the show with checkpoint which it's kind of something that uh, we, we do here and it's our main event and it's just us talking about whatever the hell we want and today is at five Franchise that deserve a new developer which we're going to get into a little later but let's go ahead and start the way we always start and that's with loadouts which starts right now all systems nominal loadouts ready all right marco um let's go ahead and have you start here kind of go through your list as to Mm -hmm. what you're playing uh and kind of give us a rundown on that
0: yeah man so uh first and foremost i rolled credits on resident evil 4 um Yeah, man. Um, It was so, so sad to know that I was getting close to the end of the game. Um, I don't normally get bummed out when I'm close to finishing a game because usually I'm kind of ready for a game to be done. Um, But this one, like the closer I knew I was getting to the end, the the sadder I was getting because I'm like, man, I just kind of want to keep going. Um, And that's a testament to how great this remake turned out to be. Uh, The back half of the game uh, is just as incredible, if not... Better than the opening and middle portion of the game. Um, I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know the final boss um, was it was kind of an ass kicker. But uh, you know the, the cool thing about this game, and I, I mentioned it last week, is the way that you can kind of approach the encounters sort of the way you want to. Um, and so I had been kind of pre planning this boss fight throughout most of the game in terms of like leveling up my Magnum um and crafting a bunch of magnum ammo that i just kept stashing i never used it for any encounter i'm like i'm just gonna save this for the last boss fight because i know i'm gonna get my shit pushed in if i don't have a game plan coming into it and so
1: <laughs> that's such a nasty term pushed in. <laughs> can i you be imagine me shit coming out and then just somebody pushing that <laughs> no you get back in there
0: um yeah, so yeah, i, I yeah. Uh, so I, I I prepped for that fight, and I love when a plan comes together, man. I gave this boss the business, and uh, it was so gratifying. It was still a challenging fight. Um, I did have to try a couple of attempts to get it done, but uh, once I got a feel for what was going on, I was able to get, you know, the boss over with and roll credits. Um, I'm really, really debating trying to go back and play it again. Um, I have a good amount of time between you know now and when something really big comes out, so I might do it. Um, but I, I have to say, to me, where there was any doubt that it was better than the RE2 and RE3 remake, I think that those doubts are completely washed away. I think it is, hands down, uh, the best Resident Evil remake we've ever had. Um, it's performing well with sales it just cracked four mil yeah, uh which is yeah. really awesome for the resident evil series to be able to still pull in those kind of numbers after all these years and um and also they all, uh dropped a patch for uh adding in mercenaries mode and they actually i don't know if you saw this pablo but they fixed the dead zone issue on xbox um
1: Haven't played it uh, since uh, yesterday's update, so I'm looking forward to that because that's an interesting thing you bring up because I am not a person that kind of has any sensitivity to some of those technical things, but I, um, with some precision shots, especially headshots, when enemies are closer, um, Mm. I definitely noticed, like, okay, that was... There's something off here, so I'm glad that they fixed that because it is getting more intense. I'll I'll jump in real quick with kind of some thoughts I have. Um, I am not quite there in terms of calling this the better remake of 2 because there's a sense... Of place that two kind of has that four doesn't, um, you know. The four you go, you're moving a lot from place to place, and there's a lot of like uh, sections that are just kind of funnel you to the next big area. And so, with, with RE2, I felt like the sense of place and, and familiarity with this police station is something that I really uh, loved about R- uh, Resident Evil, um, too. That's fair, uh, and yeah, that's fair. And with four, I, I still love it, I think it's probably my second favorite after two. in terms of remakes come. Uh, The more I play it, the more I love it. It's definitely um, a a game that is... is, It doesn't... There are games that, uh, for example, like um, uh, Like a Dragon Ishin. the more I played it, the more I hated it. It just became uh, redundant and a lot of diminishing returns. This game is like so... Resident Evil 4 just gets so much better as it goes on. Like, 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 incredibly so. Like, it's just... Every next section, every next story beat, every next environment, uh, boss encounter is just better and better and better. I'm at the castle right now, and those that one character is like it's so, mm-hmm. so silly, really on paper, but it works so well. Um, I I think that yeah, I I, I definitely can't remember. A lot of my initial playthrough when I first played RE4, so a lot of this is coming across as new to me. There is mm-hmm. some familiar things that happen. I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember this. So I'm really enjoying this game for what it is, and um and I I, I love it. I'm just not there yet in terms of calling it better than than two is. Um, I'm I want to rank my resident evils i was gonna ask that question today but i, I think we're gonna give ourselves a little more time to kind of rank that yeah one i want some time more yeah to uh, all of the mainline resident evils and rank those because i mean two and, and four are going to be hard to beat just yeah they're know, fighting they're fighting They're fighting. yeah, yeah. so uh yeah and what else you got i know you got more on your list there
0: yeah so you know um uh being in resident evil 4 mode put me in kind of a horror mode and uh, I wanted to find something else to play that kind of, because Resident Evil 4, for as great as it is, I, I would never accuse it of being a scary game. It's just right. not that. It's not built to be that kind of thing. Um, but I do love horror games. I, I always feel like with me, though, like I'm a bit calloused towards horror games where I don't get scared hardly at all, um, even with like some of the real creepy games that are out there. But then you I played, saw this. Um, Outlast? Uh, I did play Outlast. It, to me, it, I think that the horror that they try to strive for was a little too, um, it was a little too gamey for me. It's like, all right, you got to yeah. run and hide, and it, it just felt a little too forced. Where I think that there's a more subtle or nuanced way of kind of scaring the shit out of me, and the game that I found uh, that is doing that in Spades is a game called Mothered. Uh, Aaron Greenberg uh, from Xbox uh, had had randomly tweeted about this game coming out um, on Xbox, and it's obviously on other consoles, too. Um, And looking at it, it just looks so fucking interesting. It's like this weird VHS looking game um, that's very old and scuffy looking. And uh, it's got this really creepy art style and aesthetic to it. And the premise of the game is that you're this child who is coming home from this weird surgery um, to spend time with your mother, but your mother is not there. It's this mannequin of your mother uh, that kind of that walks and talks and and mothers you. And the game is like this. I don't know if you remember the movie. Um, I don't know if it's Mommy Dearest or Mother Dearest or something like that from like mm. the the nineties. It's uh it's it's a it's a really creepy game in that your your mother is this this mannequin but there's this weird undercurrent that the child you're playing as has been sort of like I don't know like rehabilitated because they used to be dangerous or something mm. and so a lot of them are like sort of not walking on eggshells around you as the character, but they're like, you know, we'll get you back to the way it used to be and we'll go back to the way life used to be. So there's this weird undercurrent there that they don't really get into on the nose. But the the house that you're in is is your, your mom's house and it's so fucking creepy uh, because this mannequin mother is kind of like everywhere. There's multiples of her all over the house, like kind of watching your every move and making sure you don't go in certain places and stuff like that. And I knew this game was going to scare the shit out of me when, you know, it. the game takes place over seven days. So after every day, you go to your bed, you go to sleep, the next day comes and you do whatever you're supposed to be doing without getting into too spoilery stuff. Right. But one day in particular, um, on I think night, night two, you go through your day, you go to bed, and you, you go to your room and you go to bed and you click on the bed to go to sleep and it says... You can't go to sleep while other people are in the room. And the room is pitch black.
2: <gasps> oh. You have hey, no idea.
0: You have no idea Sorry. that anybody's in the room. You're like, what the fuck? What do you mean somebody's in the room? And you're like, oh shit. So you got to walk over to the, to the lamp that's on your, your little nightstand. You turn it on and that fucking mannequin mom is sitting there going, I had this great idea for what we can do tomorrow. And it's like, holy shit. So the game is just super unsettling. It made every hair stand up uh, in all my regions. Ah. All the regions stood up. All right. Add attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, it's 10 bucks. It's a really fascinating game if you're into horror titles. I think this could be one to look into. But I thought this was super fascinating. And so I'm going to be playing through this one now that I'm uh, done with RE4 for now. Um a couple Very other nice. things. Uh Wipeout Omega Collection. So this is um this is a PlayStation classic franchise um that has been around forever. Uh they don't make these games anymore, but it's basically like their equivalent of Mario Kart. Uh Wipeout was the first game that I ever played on a PlayStation console ever. Uh back mm-hmm. when the PlayStation 1 first came out, I was in Sound Advice. This is the game they had on display, and I fell in love with the PlayStation immediately. I remember, so said, oh, always had a special this. place for this one, yeah. So uh, Wipeout Omega Collection is a game that came out um, a couple years back. Uh, it was recently updated for the VR support, so they gave it 60 frames per second, gave it HDR, so it feels like a brand new game. Uh, and so it's it's basically, I call it somewhat facetiously, a grown man's Mario Kart because it's a it's car combat it's like f-zero but cool basically uh in that it's a futuristic racer but with the uh attack combat elements that a mario kart has it's really really fun i love the pace of it it's it's a game that i haven't played in a long time but because of that vr update that they did um a little while back i decided to go give it another try and and i've come back to it a lot it's actually a lot of fun so Um, it's, it's not a game people talk about anymore, but I think it's just, for me, it's one of those cult classic franchises for PlayStation that I, I, uh, I love and, and hold dear. Um, yeah. Lightbot's good. Yeah. And then last but not least, I have a bit of a dilemma, Pablo, because, um, next, next week, uh, Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores comes out, but before then I kind of want to pick my next main game to play now that RE4 is out of the picture. And I'm torn between The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, the next-gen version, and revisiting God of War Ragnarok. Um, Ragnarok just got a New Game Plus uh, feature added in with a couple other little add-ons, too, which I think was cool. Um, And obviously, people know, if you listen to our Game of the Year conversations, that historically, me and God of War have not gotten along very well. Um, But I am curious to come back all these months later after the dust has settled to see if I might change my tune about God of War Ragnarok because it is so beloved, it is so uh, held in such high regard um, that maybe I can sort of approach it in a different mindset than I had when I first played it and maybe I'll appreciate it more. Um, and I, I kind of look at this in the same way that I look at like how I turned around on Horizon Forbidden West. Whereas I think you know maybe it was the wrong mentality that I had playing Horizon, maybe I have the same problem here. Maybe I don't. Um, I have
1: an idea. I think what you should do is play Horizon Forbidden West again and then turn your ass back around on the Hazy Night <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs>
0: Just I can always count on you to be diabolical. <laughs> I I, can, I know who to come to when I need when I need uh you know no, a friend of me. But-
1: that is that is a uh, that is a quite a dilemma there. Now, are we are we talking all of Wild Hunt or are we talking DLC? Because I know we talked uh, about that off. Uh, cause that's I of it too, man. Because I I don't know, man. I feel like I. You and I are huge Witcher three fans, and yeah. we played through it quite a bit. So I don't know if if the visual upgrade is going to be enough to keep you engaged. I would hyper focus that on a DLC like Blood and Wine. Mm. Um, it is a twenty hour experience anyway. Yeah, uh, if you yeah. if you want to kind of get the visual fidelity, kind of because uh, Tassan in 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 um in in Blood and Wine is absolutely amazing looking. It's beautiful to look at. I think mm-hmm. it would benefit the most from like the the upgrades, but. God War Ragnarok coming back to that that would be that would be interesting as well since you had that ranked at fifteen I think yeah, in your game of the year list uh, so I did that many All many my- angry many I got some texts from friends <laughs> like is this guy for real I'm like you Listen, know you like what you like you know I can assure people
0: I I will never intentionally poo poo a a a great game just for the sake of clout or. Or, for sure. you know, trying to be against the grain. I, I don't do that ever intentionally. Um, the criticisms I had about that game are, to me, legit. Um, obviously, people have different tastes in games than me, and that's fine. But um, I do feel pretty strongly about that game. But I, I am willing to come back and give it another shot. So, I mean, I mean what, what else can you ask also-
1: for? Right. And it's also how you weigh those things in terms of uh the quality of the game. Because I have the same complaints that you do about mm. God of War Ragnarok, but I still love that game immensely. So yeah, yeah. you know, so it's 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 how you weigh those things in terms of your enjoyment exactly. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and
0: the thing with The Witcher is I have it at number eight as my all time on my all time list. And that's pretty Higher damn high. That's pretty high for me. So I'm curious, you know, with all the games that I've played since then and Elden Ring and Xenoblade Chronicles 3, games that have like recently cracked that upper echelon, I- I'm curious to see if all these years later, if I still feel as strongly about The Witcher 3 so as I did me, back then.
1: Let me kind of jump in there because I started playing it uh, towards the end of the year, beginning a little bit of this year, and the only thing that I can say that I felt... Was a little bit off in terms compared to the other games is the combat, and mm. that's always and that always was kind of a problem. But the story, the connectivity between cycle, I still don't think a game has been able to to pull that off. And for me, it solidified it spotted my top ten at number three uh, all time because it just even today it stands the test of time. The visual upgrades are fine; it doesn't fi- fix the gameplay stuff. But I mean, man, it is. It is an experience. I would love for you to play it again. Yeah, because uh, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna download the Blood and Wine DLC and kind of get to that a little bit. Because that that sounds like something. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, to, I'm gonna but, make yeah. a decision on wh- wh- which one of those two I'm gonna play next, and I'll, I'll report back uh, next week. So uh, check play us out both! next week to find out, man. Play the both No, man, that's too much. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it depends. If I if I just do Blood and Wine, I think I can probably swing it. But it then if I but if I want to play the whole thing, which I'm yeah. kind of itching for the whole thing, yeah, then that's 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 a wrap on God of War for a while. <laughs> but we'll see. Ah, for
1: sure. No, no. Um, sure.
0: what about you? What you got going on?
1: I mean, I'm taking a little easy on on loadouts in terms of like games that I'm playing because I'm only really playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege, continuing my my obsession with that game. I think falling deeper into the obsession Mm. uh, the more I play the muscle memory is coming back the better i get uh and then kind of finding a new operators that really work for me with kapitao and solace so the yeah. new ones for those we, who play the game we so just gotta, Kevin, we gotta we gotta get
0: you out of that paper mache rank that you're you're set at right now whatever yeah, it man, is I, plastic I, one we, we, or something I,
1: we started like uh you know we're not the greatest gamers we started at bronze <laughs> and i decided to go off on an adventure uh, and play a whole bunch of late night matches and ended up in copper uh you know again i'm not the greatest but man sometimes it's it's you get you get put with some players that are just they don't give a fuck they're playing team deathmatch on rainbow 6 and it is crazy mm. in these streets uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I gotta get up out of there. But then again, I don't really give a shit. Like, I'm not really one of those guys, and Marco is, isn't either. Really, person that, that that's playing because uh, I'm a competitive Rainbow. Si- we play because we have a good time. I was just gonna it
0: bring is, that up too. Yeah, like at, at where we are in life now, like that is not a priority. It's just for fun. Yeah, it really is.
1: And also, I, t- for the sake of not sounding fucking like uh, like snooty, I guess elitist Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. elitist Rainbow Six Siege is a thinking man's shooter like because and and i don't mean that as a smart man i mean that as a thinking man like in order for you to be successful in that game you have to kind of plan out your uh, your plan of attack you have to think about what you're going to do next. you can't just go guns a-blazing you will die oh yeah so you know i in in, like you said later in life now i the my twitch kind of capabilities are not really all there I, i my reaction time has slowed down significantly so this is more my pace uh, so Rainbow Six is probably going to be a game that is going to be in our repertoire for many uh, for many years to come. M- yeah. Might not consistently play it all the time, but this is not the this is not the last time you'll hear about Rainbow Six on show. Uh, the show. Obviously. obviously um, Resident Evil 4. Continue my 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 playthrough through that. I'm uh, focusing a little bit more on that. Uh, on when I'm not playing Rainbow Six with you, Marco, I'm kind of getting into that. Just kind of want to get through it before the end of the month with Jedi uh, Survivor yeah. and you know and going oh, you're gonna you're, not- gonna you're gonna buy that uh well my brother is probably going to oh, so you, guys so, share you know we share, it. Uh, share gotcha. accounts uh so uh and then you know depending on where i'm at with games if dead island 2 is like a fucking hit like 85 plus mm. i might you know have to delve into that cuz i i remember playing um it's Dead Island, right? Yeah, Dead Island, Riptide yeah. was yeah. the one that I played the most, and I I, I I enjoyed that game quite a bit for what it is. Now that I figured, found out that it's not open world; it's open uh, uh, area. So yeah, that's that's how, that, I'm a little a little burnt down on open world games. So you know, with with uh, Resident Evil Four being a pretty much you know linear experience, which is yeah. great, and then jumping into that would be awesome. Why are uh, people
0: so resistant to a game that just wants to be? Semi-linear. Like, what's wrong with that? I
1: think I... I think it's all about value, uh, and I think that's bullshit. But I think that's how people kind of explain it to themselves. They want yeah. an open world game because they have the most to do. That's the most time they can spend in that world, and it equals dollar. For me, uh, as a avid hobbyist, when it comes of, of video games, I don't see my enjoyment of a game e- equals to hours. I could play a four or five hour game, and if it's fucking amazing, it's fucking amazing. Exactly. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: wh- uh, what remains of Edith Finch continues to be one of my favorite like indie games of all time that game was like maybe three or four hours it's you know it so it's it's not about it's not about time it's about the value of the game and the experience uh, that i have with it uh but speaking of and we'll talk about that later. Speaking of value and time, I don't really get around to watching much movies like I used to anymore. Uh, so the <laughs> fact that I watched the Tetris movie is in and itself kind of a miracle. But I will say, you know, a lot of conversations now uh, in the last couple of days about the greatest movie, uh, greatest video game movie of all time. I, I think I've just watched the greatest uh, movie about a game of all time. Because I'll tell you, uh, Tetris movie is fucking fire, bro, that shit is great it's dramatized, sure the third act is insane, like, relax <laughs> you know, they, they definitely are, are trying to make it really dramatic, but, you know, for those of you who don't know, Tetris was created by this guy called L- uh, Alexi uh, P- uh, sorry, for pod. Podstnovich or something uh, he's living in Soviet controlled uh, Russia uh, the the Soviet Union is about to collapse everybody's power grabbing he is he, everybody wants the rights to this game There's a guy called Hank Rogers he's trying to secure the rights uh, uh, after seeing it at CES he has a contract with Nintendo and so basically the whole thing is him going to Russia and securing these rights and the Soviet Union being the way it is they record all those conversations it's actually rated R like 50 Film, like, they cursed That's quite
0: crazy. often. That's crazy.
1: Because the, the thing that I love about it is it feels like... Um it feels like uh, it feels like a real movie, and I, and I know I, I don't mean to sound like a that's shitty, but it feels like a real movie. This could have been the MacGuffin is met the Tetris. It could have been anything. It could have been CIA files. It could have been uh, whatever. But but the Tetris, the fact that it's Tetris is so much. It's so interesting because it's it's accurate. Uh, you know, with Atari and, and, and Nintendo being involved, all these things. That, the, there's mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. A, seat, a quick spoiler here. There's a scene in the movie where. Um, where Hank Rogers goes into this like uh, Nintendo headquarters and he, is, he has to sign an NDA and he sees the Game Boy for the first time ever, the original Game Boy, and like he yeah. has like it, it, and then like you know he programs Tetris for it. The little things like that really are are really interesting for uh, for gaming fans like us. But you can watch this movie as a non gaming fan, which who hasn't played Tetris? You, who the fuck is living under that rock? It, Nobody that Tetris. I want to know. In
0: life, <laughs> yeah.
1: So like th- that's already a familiarity there with that. And then the fact that this movie is well written, well acted—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, the dramatization of it is—is—is is, is, you know it's funny because it didn't quite happen the way they say it did, but you could believe it did. Soviet Union was crazy in these streets, man, and uh, and then the, especially during the collapse of it. Uh, but yeah, man, I I I think it's it's I think it's again not just a good. Movie about video game. I think it's just a good movie. Period, and I really that's enjoyed crazy. it. And it's I crazy that it's shocked.
0: rated R, though, man. Like that, that's funny as hell to me. Like we got a rated R Tetris movie. What was there like? Drug use, brief nudity, scored by well, Trent Reznor.
1: <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is I guess they wanted to. Uh, they wanted to kind of put you in the place of like the no, Soviet it, Union it. it's and, just and funny. kind of yeah no it really is fun and just kind of everything they went through to do that I, I, it's 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 really awesome. Um, I can't I wait for the
0: it. Frogger movie. It's gonna be TVMA.
1: <laughs> but I think I, I I think what really made Tetris special in terms of like uh, making it into this movie is obviously how like how he had to go through what he had to go through during the time in Russia. Sure. So, yeah, but no, um, I recommend it, but Marco, I, 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 recommend, I think you should watch it. I think you would enjoy it. Uh, honestly, where I think is it? It's, uh, it's, where is it it's at? It's Apple, Apple plus. Oh, I don't have that. uh yeah. I can give you access to mine if you'd like, just to watch the movie. It's, it's I'm telling you. you, man, it is, it is, it is a good watch. It's will, only like I will, it, I will take you yeah. up on that, and I will change your yeah. password and then take over your account. <laughs> it doesn't overstay its welcome, so it's definitely recommended. But yeah, man, I, that's all I got on loadouts. You got anything else you want to add?
0: No, nah, man, no. Nah, it's gonna be interesting to see where we land next week uh, with what mm-hmm. we got going on, but with all our little uh, cliffhangers this week. But yeah, I think it's gonna do it.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that myself. Cannot wait. But let's go ahead and move on to the news section of the show. Uh, That's Hit Points, which starts right now.
0: For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points.
1: All right, Marco, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off to you. Let's talk about probably the biggest story of the week here. Uh, What do we got?
0: Yeah, man. So uh, Insider Gaming has reported that a new remote-play-based PlayStation handheld is in development. Uh, the device reportedly looks like a PS5 controller, but with an 8-inch LCD touchscreen in the middle, uh, and it also includes Pablo's very favorite adaptive triggers and haptic feedback just like the dual sense uh the handheld will support
1: <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on. <laughs> i didn't know that so you're looking at the screen and the whole damn thing is shaking <laughs> let it be what it is yo not only is it gonna hurt my brittle hands but it's gonna fuck up my eyes too but they hate me i got it- a condition it ain't, but, it ain't their
0: fault you're that dingy man You gotta get it together Go to Dog, rehab I can't just
1: imagine You just like fucking playing the game And the shit is shaking You can't see the words <laughs> on the damn screen Cause it's shaking like a motherfucker <laughs> Okay we don't have a
0: video version of the show But Pablo emulated a full blown seizure in his nope. latest attempt I mean, at over shit. at over dramatizing the dual sense, uh, I no don't reason. know, man.
1: Lights flashing, controls shaking, and rumbling, and the screen shaking. That might cause a lot of seizures, man.
0: You just described a rave party. None of that is actually what's going to happen with this with this device. Uh, but listen, the, the, along with that, the, uh, the handheld will reportedly also su- uh, support streaming up to 1080p and 60fps and will require constant internet access for remote play. So, uh, Pablo, uh, considering what we're hearing about this, I mean, obviously we don't have an official announcement, we don't know the validity of this or any more specifics, but Based on what we know so far, uh, well, how's this hitting you? What do you think?
1: Well, they, they, there's a little bit more. There was more rumors that came out uh, from the same source, and it, they were saying that this there's it's not a separate uh, system, so they're not going to develop games for it.
0: It's like a companion it, device almost. It's
1: basically just a remote play. Yeah. Uh, like what Xbox has with the, the Logitech G pass where it's like you stream uh, to it. Uh, the way it's hitting me, um, I, I think first and foremost, I think insiders, quote-unquote insiders, are over-reporting on this on purpose because if they say Sony handheld, holy shit, Vita 2 mm. and, and whatever. And so a lot of people are kind of falling for the clickbait. They click on it and they're they're, they're coming across to, to be extremely disappointed. I honestly um, I think that the backlash is unfair in that Sony is just doing what the market is telling them is the next big thing. Cause it, it Xbox is doing it already. They're 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 doing it next. I, I think it's fine. I I, I think that um, Sony has reiterated to the world that the Vita was not successful and so they're not going to do- they're not going to go down that road anymore uh, and you know no matter what media social sites tell you today it didn't sell well it's expensive to make you know the Vita was and you know it's not, they're not going to go they're not doing that again so ultimately for me I think this is just a cool little aside that they have it's 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 not going to change the game it isn't uh, Vita 3 It's or Vita 2 it's not anything no, like that no. it's just a, an aside that they have because um, that's where media is going now video games specifically the streaming to your device you could already stream games to your uh, uh, PlayStation so might as well you have the ability to do that uh, on the go as long as you have Wi-Fi connection it, it is what it is it's not the Steam deck uh it's not a switch it's none of that stuff but believe me it, that's just not viable for for them because they are hyper focused on the very fucking successful playstation 5 and there's no need to kind of uh deviate from that they're all they already are the tastemakers they're just trying to do a little extra here to kind of appease that section of the market that is exists that does exist now and that it is what it is on that front how about you
0: yeah so um i think a lot of the backlash is also because um people have heard that the psvr2 is underperforming so i think some of the concern is well now they're just kind of over accessorizing the ps5 um that's true that's valid and 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 there is certain validity to that i i can understand but you know obviously i don't think this handheld device is going to come out at The price tag that the psvr2 is right and like you alluded to in the beginning of your your um tangent the uh you know the psvr2 requires games to be built for psvr2 functionality whereas this is just taking pre-existing ps5 games and making them available in a different way so i I find this to be in in, on that front to be largely inoffensive um Mm -hmm. i think it's going to come down to price point to be honest with you yeah um, if, if i if i can see this at like a 99 dollars price point maybe um then i think it's it's optional it's fine but it's not like rudely overpriced but if they go into like the 150s 179s or something like that then i'm i'm gonna look at this a little weird because it's it's really not built to be that kind of a price i it, it seems like um again like i said at the top of this like it's a companion device so i i, yeah. I think it's i think it's a, a it's not essential it doesn't it's not the definitive way to experience ps5 it's just another way to experience ps5 so I think it's okay I don't really have any yeah, major well, issue with it
1: I will say there's no way this thing is $99 uh, you know just based on the fact that you said it has the haptic feedback it has all that stuff yeah screen is' gonna have the screen is an well, OLED
0: though it's LCD so yeah, I, that's but, a cost-cutting I mean, measure right th-
1: that is true so it, it'll be it'll be cheaper than Cause, for example, back there's to no, the Logitech, there's no disc
0: drive or anything. There's no memory.
1: Yeah, but it, you gotta look at the market. So Logitech G, the the Logitech G uh, Pass, is three hundred and fifty fucking dollars. It is an expensive accessory. Right, but do you um, have to
0: save data on on that device like the Steam Deck? Is there like a save, like a save thing, like a switch or anything like that? Because because this wouldn't I, have that hypothetically.
1: Well, I don't know because... I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know about the logic G... All I know about the G Cloud is that it's a streaming device only. There's no, like... Um, there's 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 no proprietary games for it. Like don't be taking mm-hmm. games for the Logitech uh, Cloud Gaming handheld. It's oh, basically okay. 1080p, seven inch screen, twelve hour battery life. Uh, Xbox Xbox Cloud Gaming compatible is like it's hmm. it's it's thing there. Um, it's all streaming, so I don't think there's anything to save onto it. Yeah, hmm. looking at okay. here, there's nothing really talking about it. It's just the cost is on the the quality build and the screen, which is pretty massive comparatively speaking um yeah there's nothing there's nothing Hmm. there in terms of yeah that's weird dude it's pretty it's pretty expensive
0: well would you be interested in in this device no hypothetically no
1: no see
0: Mm -hmm. i I almost thought this would be good for you in a way because you know obviously you know being a a new father and yeah sometimes it's, it's not easy to sit down in front of the tv maybe you know i don't know how you utilize your switch um is it is it a convenience to have something that compact and portable with you when you're parenting or no
1: no because i mean if i'm not sitting down playing then that means i'm with him and if i'm with him there's really no way of me being oh, able I see. to play I see. either i'm carrying him or playing with him or watching him intently so it's not really it, it would kind of just be haphazardly be looking at something and then looking oh, yeah, the way. i would, I would rather be a be... deadbeat man this could be a deadbeat dad yeah, can... uh, right but here's the, here's the thing <laughs> my issue with all this it has nothing to do with with the existence of it, it, the existence of this, it's just streaming tech. It's just not, I mean, the games that I play, like Rainbow Six Siege, it can't play that on, on a thing like this. You know, the, the latency would just be too extreme for me. That's to, another big infer- question. Latency yeah. issues. Yeah. What are they going to do has, about it that? Ha- it has nothing to do with the, the device itself. Tech-wise, it's just the, the actual technology behind streaming. You know, PlayStation, I think, it had that agreement with Xbox and Azure, if I'm not mistaken, where they have high-quality streaming, but even then, it's not the best. Look at Xbox. X, mm-hmm. X Cloud is is lauded as the best one of these things, and still is not perfect when it comes to uh, the latency issues there. So, I mean, this is something that maybe down the line in the future could be really dope uh, and maybe an essential thing uh, for a lot of gamers, grown up gamers, adult gamers, uh, you know, parents. But as of right now, there's just too much, too many questions as to the technology behind it and pricing behind these handhelds. But yeah. Um, the next little news segment. It's a little quick aside here. Uh, Konami is set to open Konami Osaka Studios. Okay, I'm sorry. Why did I do you didn't that? Didn't have to do that whatsoever. I, I, oh my goodness which will serve as a new major video game development studio uh, that will be equipped with state-of-the-art motion capture and sound studio. After years of ignoring the video game industry and focusing on things like pachinko machines, how do we feel about Konami apparently being back? Are we hyped for the future of franchises like Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania, Silent Hill, and Contra, or do we think that these franchises are better left in other people's hands? Marco, what do you think?
0: Yeah, so I'm actually happy about this because, um, you know, listen, um, Konami made a mistake. They, they, they stepped away from gaming when they really shouldn't have. They left a lot of money on the table. And I think mm-hmm. now they're realizing that, you know what? We actually have a lot to offer. And we have a lot of money that we could be making off of these franchises that have a lot of equity to them. So sure. let's, let's, let's invest in that. And I think that's the smart thing to do. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tale of better late than never, in my, in my opinion. like I would rather them be back late and do all this stuff now than for them to have stayed the course with this pachinko thing and never come back. Um, So I'm glad that they're, they're taking the right steps to do it. And from a business standpoint, it's kind of smart too, because you know, why outsource and blow money on recruiting development studios like Bloober team and whoever else to do this when you can just do it yourself in your own, you know, controlled space and um, you know, not have to keep spending money elsewhere when you can just invest it internally so I right. think from a business standpoint it does make a lot of sense now as far as where that leaves me in terms of hype for the future of those franchises um, it, it makes me hopeful but I don't know if it makes me hyped um, I right. think that at the end of the day what I think they really have to, uh, to, to overcome at this point is restoring goodwill um, yeah. the Kojima and Konami battle that ensued a couple years ago I think that left, at least with the hardcore gaming community, it left them a bit bruised because yeah. they looked like the bad guys out of the two, even though personally I think they had a point. Um, the reality is, is that they looked a little bit crazy at the time. So you've been gone. You burned a bridge with one of the most prolific visionaries in gaming. Now you're back. You're most likely going to make this Metal Gear game without any involvement from the guy, Right. So that means you have to make these games really good and yeah. there's really no room to fuck around. So I think the pressure is on, but if the pressure is on, I think that having a state-of-the-art studio and really investing in an internal team is the right way to accept that challenge. So I'm actually kind of hopeful for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm somewhere in between. I mean, when I look at what... They're doing in terms of like the the side games the they're publishing, giving rights to other people to make games. Mm. I don't know, man. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what's left at Konami other than the IP that they have. Like they don't have a, a Kojima running the studios, uh, you know, helping out with like they, I think he, Kojima helped out with Castlevania, uh, the, the latest, the last couple of ones, Lord of the Shadows. So like they don't have that going for them. Um, so uh, I, it's like a faceless organization now because Konami and Kojima very were very, you know, we're very much one of the same uh so for me it's like okay i'm i'm excited that they're they're putting money into it you know like state-of-the-art uh stuff and all that shit. i love that um i just don't know how much of an impact it's actually going to be how much how much better quality of a silent hill we're getting a game we're getting as compared to if they gave it to somebody else bluebird team notwithstanding so yeah, yeah. this is cool I love this uh, for them. I just don't know impactfully if it's going to do anything uh, ex- incredibly different. You're kind of right though
0: with like not having a figurehead. Like I almost feel like you know it would be dope if they went and got Shinji Mikami.
1: Yo, yeah, he just that left Tango,
0: awesome. right? You can make him your figurehead put him in charge of Silent Hill, which would be really interesting. Yeah. And then you got that going on. Maybe that is kind of an interesting path forward to consider. Uh, you might be onto mm-hmm. something there because I think, yeah, yeah for, for them to be this just weird, abstract organization, like we've heard that MGS3 remake has been in development forever by the studio called Virtuous Studios, which like who the fuck yeah. are they? Right? But if you can find somebody to put at the, 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 the top of that that has some kind of industry notoriety, I think you can That'd kind of – maybe rebuild some bridges with the community and give us some confidence that your next projects are in good hands and not just with these like mysterious people that we don't know about. So you might be onto something there. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right. So the last uh, story here on hit points has to do with the new super Mario Bros. movie Um, Mm. just hit theaters and the reviews for the film are interesting, to say the least. Some critics are saying yeah. the movie is too much like the source material, while others are saying that it's not enough like the source material, many being critical about the gatekeeping nature of the movie and that if you've never played the game, this isn't for you, along with a laundry list of weird criticisms. Um well, video game adaptations uh, rarely fare well critically. Some of these reviews seem a little bit like they missed the point. Uh, what do you think about the critical reception of the film? Are you excited? Are uh, have you ever been excited to watch the film? And has the has this has this changed your mind in any way? Like in terms of what, how you feel about the movie itself? Um,
0: you know, it's interesting. Cause I I just looked and, and saw that in two days, this movie is on track to be the biggest start for any animated movie <laughs> domestically which is yeah. insanity um
1: it hasn't released on J- in yeah, japan yeah yet, that, we're not way. even
0: everywhere yet with this movie so i i think um it's interesting because it this this movie in some ways was infallible before it even came out oh yeah because it was just going to do numbers it just is it's mario we've never had a mario animated movie before it's a gimme it, it's it's going to be successful um my, my concern has always been, how are they going to approach this movie? Who is, it, who is it geared towards? And how much fan service are they going to provide versus how much, I hate to say it in a way because it's Mario, but how much lore building is there going to be to build this into a successful movie franchise and not just kind of like the greatest hits of video games, right? And I think it's, all, it's a little bit of everything from what it sounds like to me. Um, and I'm okay with that because Mario is a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, it is an important franchise for, for older people who have a long-running history yeah. with the series, uh, with the games, and, and you know, Mario Kart, Mario this, Mario that. It's also an interesting one for kids because Mario is a very approachable um, mascot-like character um, that's easy to like so it it really is for a a very broad variety of audiences and so it doesn't really surprise me that this movie um at least from what i'm what i'm seeing from these reviews kind of touches a little of everything um i think that makes sense now whether that results in a movie that feels cohesive i don't know i haven't got a chance to see it yet To answer your question, if it's it's something I'm interested in seeing, yes, but not right away. Like, it's not a seminal moment for me as a gamer to need to go to the movies to see it, but I don't knock that anybody else feels that way. I will get to it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think my biggest concern is if it is a little something for everybody, is the movie cohesive? Is it easy to follow? Or is it just a bunch of, you remember this from the games, kind of, you know, winks and nods? Because I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying that in a film structure, that can be a little rickety. Um, So I I do understand it, but I do think I'll close by saying that I do think critics are being a little too unreasonable with this, Um, especially the ones that are pretending like they have no idea who Mario is. Like it's almost like it's like, do we really need an origin story for Mario like that? Or is it? It's almost like Spider-Man. Like how many times do you need to see the origin story of Spider-Man? Like you know what happens in the beginning, you know how he becomes Spider Man. We don't need to see it every time. Yeah, I don't think we need that here. Mario is is Mario. You get, I'm sure there's some introduction as to how Mario becomes who he is in the movie, and then things happen. It's it's an animated movie, y'all. Relax. I,
1: I also think it's it's weird that criticism are like, yeah, it's just like watching a video game. One out of five stars. I'm like, well, I mean, I, I guess that for me that's the point. I, I watching a Mario movie that. Could feel like it, I don't know. It's just they're mm. weird criticisms for me. Uh, and then the the reviews the uh, the audience is like at ninety eight percent. Like they love yeah. the hell out of this movie. Yeah. And a lot of people that that love video games, including IGN, have given it um, uh, positive reviews and 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 talk about how there's a the the story is a problem in that it's light. You know, gotta go save Luigi. That's pretty much it. You know, uh, everything else is a set piece leading up to that, which is basically it's funny because it's basically every Mario game except it's Peach that you gotta save. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's going to be some people talking about wokeness because Peach wasn't the damsel in distress. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I or mean, that her uh,
0: boobs weren't big enough to, right. to be able to gawk at, you know.
1: Yeah, some crazy shit like that. But ultimately, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I am a little shocked by the reviews in that, you know, how, how nitty, how nitty gritty some of it is. How, like, down to the minute detail of Mario and how this, uh, this specific thing that happened in the, in the movie is too much like the game or there's too much uh, Easter eggs. Uh, It's like, it's weird because it's like, it's kind of what you want. Like I kind of want to see this Mario movie and I want to see Mario walk across something. And then in the background, a whole bunch of things that I would have seen in a game or something. It's, it's a hard line to, to kind of straddle, I guess, but it's, it's weird coming into this movie and expecting some kind of, masterpiece of filmmaking so
0: it was never going to be the critical darling of (laughs) the year in film it it just isn't made for that it's it's a fun blockbuster movie with a you know an iconic character I I think reading into it past that is a little silly uh, if you're if you're a movie reviewer
1: and there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like uh, Elitists also reviewing film oh, of and that. Th- one of the reasons it's getting kind of panned by them is because it's based on a video game and video games are for children. You know, th- there's a lot of those vibes uh, here. So uh, it is what it is. I, I, I'm excited to see it. I can't wait to see it. I have How, to. Are you seeing it soon or are you, you going to wait
0: till it comes out on uh, like streaming services or are you, are you going to watch it?
1: Well, you know, I it's I if it were up to me, I would run out and watch it, you know. Uh, but you know, with the kid and and all that stuff, I don't know if I'm able to make time. You know, I don't mm. really like to uh, leave the kid with the babysitter for something like that. You know, it would ha- it have to either be some kind of emergency or like maybe a date night. Maybe I'll make it a date night with my wife, but I'm not sure. Uh, my Pablo, wife that would, kid would...
0: is grown. Leave him by himself. All right. Uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's uh 11 months old. Uh, but he, you know, he could almost walk. So you're right. 11
0: going on 21 in my book, man. Let him live. You're right.
1: Just let him do his thing. Leave him in the crib. Be like, all right, now you shut your mouth. <laughs> he does. <sleep. laughs> he does sleep for a long time. Just get him sleeping and and, and let no no way I wouldn't do that. Uh, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and let's move on to the main event of the show. Is there anything else you want to talk about at Hit Points, Mark, or anything that might have, uh? came up any breaking news nothing like that i looked man but i
0: think we're pretty solid on that uh so i think we're good to go man let's do it
1: all right man well let's move into our checkpoint chat which starts right now it's time for the checkpoint chat five franchises that deserve a new developer marco Give us a little back, uh, background information on that. What exactly are we going to be doing here uh, at Checkpoint Chat right now? Yeah, so,
0: you know, we're, we're going into fantasy land here, all right? This is not a realistic segment. This is, this is like... You uh, showed me, damn it! All right, see? And he's actually crying. That's weird. That's <laughs> weird how you turn that on so fast. Um, no, so um, we're going, like... In a weird, like, what if direction with this one. So, you know, we have decided to take some franchises that are very well known and popular. And we thought, what if we gave them to a different developer? Why would, what developer would we pick? And what do we think would kind of make that an interesting matchup together uh, as a pairing? So we each uh, decided to take five franchises and we assigned a brand new developer to them. And we're going to kind of walk you guys through why we made the choices that we made. Um, so that's kind of what we got going on, man. This is like trading spouses, but with video game developers. So we're kind yeah. of doing here.
1: I like it. Let's let's go ahead and start now. We'll go round robin. You go first. I go, you know, back and forth, and uh, let's go ahead and start it. What do you let's got, do man? Let's do this.
0: All right. So, Mass Effect. All right. I, I, I looked at Mass Effect and immediately I was like, man, Bioware's been on the bullshit as of late, man. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't trust them as well as I used to. Maybe it's time to, in my video game world, give them to a different developer. And I decided a great fit for Mass Effect would be Obsidian Entertainment. Obsidian Entertainment, as some of you know, responsible for Fallout New Vegas, responsible for the Outer Worlds. Uh, they have Avowed coming up. Uh, A very well-known developer that is great at Western RPGs, uh, great with player choice and open-endedness. I thought this would be an interesting fit for Mass Effect because I I think that Obsidian can do wonders for the sci-fi storytelling, the sci-fi soap opera, if you will, of Mass Effect because of how well they are at writing and uh, producing really interesting narrative works. So you think about like the pentiments of the world. They can go niche like that, or they can go mainstream bombast, or they can go humorous. I think they they cover a lot of bases with their writing skills, and so Mass Effect with that kind of team would be insanely interesting. Now, obviously, again, once again clarifying, this is not realistic. We know Obsidian no, is owned that. by Xbox. This is just hypotheticals and fun what if talk So you know, yeah, obviously, if, we know this wouldn't this wouldn't happen. We know it's not realistic, but right. this is who I would, in my own little fantasy world, I would give Mass Effect to Obsidian. I'd say I yeah. feel a lot more confident in the future of that series.
1: I agree. If everything was equal, kind of experiment here. This is kind of how we're we're, we're approaching it, uh, and you'll see what I mean by my next game. <laughs> which is Halo. Uh, a lot of conversations have been had with, oh, Halo should go to id Software or a different Xbox-owned uh, developer. I agree. I think that the single-player uh, Halo uh, campaign should go to not id Software, but Machine Games, creator of creators of Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein New Colossus, and the upcoming Indiana Jones games. Yep, that's weird. Uh, but they are uh, they have a really, really great way of writing video games, of telling stories. Uh, I, I think it would be a really interesting and completely different approach to the titular uh, Master Chief character if they were to, have, uh, to approach that with their um, kind of uh, humorous take on it. And, and not necessarily that we're tr- I'm trying to get a funny Halo game, but just a more... Um, a, a, a more focus on the story itself. Uh, look, I I I think they need this badly. Uh, why not bring it to the guys that cut off the head of a human body and put it on someone else's body? <laughs> uh, somebody else's <laughs> body. Uh, you know, th- th- this is the 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 developer that I want to kind of make the next Halo game, I don't, I, I'm sick of whatever the hell they were doing with Halo the Halo story has never been incredibly interesting, and you have to do so much fucking homework to understand the librarian, and, and all this other stuff that's, that's happening just scrap all that shit, and let's just make a fun, pulpy, space marine, uh, fucking Starship Troopers ass, if you ha- need to do it, uh, Halo game uh, because why not, whatever they've been doing, it's diminishing returns uh, the best things about Halo have been these really off kilter kind of stories like um, what's that Halo 3 uh, ODST ODST. which is you know just fucking you're based you're playing as a regular marine it's like jazzy inspired soundtrack it's it's different and, and oh, yeah. different seems to be working and I want different here uh, but you know you can't really uh, do Halo without its multiplayer so I'm thinking of like a joint thing here because this is this has happened before where companies have kind of pawned off their multiplayer section and let's bring it home Bungie come on take your baby back change the world <laughs> of gaming make Halo multiplayer a mainstay in our home consoles uh, I've been against games and service for a while but if you do, if you do to Halo what you've done with Destiny, I mean, you're gonna breathe a whole new life into into that uh, into that series, and I, I i think a part of i think a part of them uh, in Bungie they would want Halo back and to do something uh, with that because Destiny really is just Halo, and when you look at what they've done, they've been able to kind of explore and 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 take that to to new levels in terms of its story. It's just a shame that Bungie didn't get the opportunity to do that with, uh, with Halo. And I would love to see that for them, especially with the multiplayer stuff. So that's where I'm at here, uh, yeah. with Halo.
0: It's still a weird world that it that, that Bungie is a Sony studio yeah. now. Yeah. It's still weird to me. I it, it I just don't associate them like that. So it it's it's fun to think about for sure. Because I no, I, it's
1: not not it's not only fun to think about, but it's an extremely under rated purchase because uh, you know all those conversations little side tangent here all those conversations yeah. about sony being uh you know not having the a great first person shooter they have probably one of the best first person shooter developers and they're talking about oh but this is just going to be something we're going to release for everybody they can make they can easily make another project that'll be exclusive to sony and now they have a bungee first person shooter on their catalog come on man that's this that's an underrated purchase uh, mm. For sure. Yeah. No uh What do you go, What do you got next?
0: All right, man. So this one, I'm I'm actually this one would be like probably the one I'd be most excited about if it was true, um but it'll never happen, obviously. But I would love to see I Max Payne. Never say never. Max Payne, Pablo. Give them. G- give this franchise to Naughty Dog. Give them to Naughty Dog. When I think of like the gritty storytelling and style of The Last of Us. I feel Mm. like Max Payne would be an incredible fit with uh what they have shown they can do with the Last of Us series. It is gritty, it's pulpy, it has a lot of um it's very, very story driven. The dialogue is super important, integral to, to that game. I think Naughty Dog's writing team would bask in the opportunity to make a Max Payne game. Uh it would be a third person shooter game so you can take some of the bones of what they've done with the uncharted series and the last of us and repurpose it for Max Payne so from a development standpoint it would be sensible to pair these two together um, and obviously it'd be more Max Payne which is always a good thing too so I think I think it's really um, for me this is like Max Payne getting a, a new lease on a new lease on life yeah because yeah. it just feels like it's been deprioritized in an unfair way. So, not to say that I don't think Remedy or, you know, I don't know, <laughs> Rockstar can't make it happen. It's just that um, I, I think that the proven chops of Naughty Dog would be so interesting to see uh, paired up with Max Payne IP. So, I, I'd yeah. love this, but it ain't going to happen, unfortunately.
1: No, we'll we're going to get those remakes, though. Max Payne will yeah, too remakes. we are. So, that will be a huge thing.
0: test for me to see if, you know, yeah. if they, Max got, Payne... if they
1: still... No, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna see if they, you know if they still have the chops to to, to pull off a of Max Payne in, in the 2020s. Yeah. Then you know this is gonna be the proof to, to see if they can do that. Um, but I, I would be more confident in a Naughty Dog type of studio bringing it up yeah. to speed for the modern era. I
1: mean that would be dope. But I mean, look, Max Payne three was fantastic, but Rockstar Games they don't seem to give a shit about that right now uh, at all. But
0: yeah, uh, if, it's not, if it's not GTA Online, they don't really care.
1: Yeah, seemingly so, which sucks. <laughs> or if it's uh,
0: and they hate oh, they also hate GTA four, by the way. They absolutely hate GTA 4. Oh, they GTA hate 4. GTA
1: 4 and Max Payne 3. Um, and they never so, existed to them. Which is bullshit, because those are, those are their best games. Uh, yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, my next uh, series is Deus Ex. Rumors that the series coming back have been circulating for a long time, but after Eidos Montreal gutted Mankind Divided and left it pretty much to die... I don't want them touching this shit. I want them to stay away, far away from it. Deus Ex <laughs> has always kind of been my preferred immersive sim, along with uh, the world and the last, uh, the last two more recent games. Uh, Adam Jensen is, is a revelation. I love, I love him. Uh, given the, it's he's given the series and and development, given the series. Um, a New Life, re, uh, Resurgence, uh, from the original 2000, 2001, uh, and even the horrible Xbox, Deus Ex. Um, I forgot what that was even called. That, one, that Oh, man. Uh, the, that in, was, Invisible War or something yeah, like Invisible that? Yeah, Invisible War. That, that game was uh, specifically horrific. Um, but I want people to understand the greatness Of this series. And I think that the company that can do that. Is CD Projekt Red. Uh, I think you know. Cyberpunk 2077 is proof of concept there. You know. After being patched 2077 is CDR one of. CDPR is one of their best games, period. Uh, And I think that they can really do something special here with Deus Ex. They've given given kind of complete freedom to do what they want with the series. I think that they've learned a lot with Witcher 3. They transferred that over to Cyberpunk 2077, which is, you know... Easy, easy to, to shit on uh, then, but now it's it, it's kind of it's kind of just become an incredible game. There, so uh, I think that they have the chops. Uh, I can imagine them dedicating themselves to Deus Ex and carefully crafting something that uh, that old and new fans can really appreciate. Uh, I think it's a perfect marriage between two things that have credibility and are are able to now uh, CDPR uh, able to put deus on the map the way it's ever been put on the map because we love human revolution mankind divided they didn't sell well there's still a lot of people who just don't have not played those games and that is amazing to me because those games are quality man they're incredible amazing games and you know i i would love cdpr to put full force behind one of these games and that would be fucking phenomenal
0: what would you want them to make, though? Do you want them to make a reboot?
1: like you want them to make a direct sequel? What would you have yeah, them do I, with this? You know, I, I, think, um, I think, it's funny we mentioned it, I think it would probably be best if they make a sequel. I mean, I do think, mm. you know, a lot like Rockstar picked up with uh with Max Payne 3 after uh Remedy did 1 and 2, I would love to see Adam Jensen 15 years later, uh, a little more gruffed, you know, gruffed up and just fucking older, white white in his hair and his beard and kind of picking up picking it up from there and and and, and kind of just really Really delivering a game that I that I wish mankind divided was because mankind divided had potential and it is ph- phenomenal. It's be the last great, year yeah. ag- again, but they cut like forty percent of that game. It was supposed to be like they cut a whole storyline about Adam Jensen and him possibly being a clone. Interesting things that just never get touched, uh, and I just want CDPR to put some respect on this goddamn franchise because it mm. needs it. Uh, yeah. So what do you got?
0: All right, man, so my next one uh i'm I'm back to rescuing Bioware franchises from Bioware uh, once again, <laughs> I'm sick of it, I'm sick of sick Bioware of sullying uh the the names and reputations of their franchises and Dragon Age is among that short list. Pablo, I want to give Dragon Age and walk with me on this one. I want to give Dragon Age to rockstar games, huh. Now, when you think about the Red Dead Redemption 2s of the world, right? How fully realized that world was, how lifelike it was, how incredibly immersive it was. I would love to see Rockstar do something like that, but with a high fantasy setting. Yeah. Like everything that we've always seen them do has always been somewhat grounded in reality. It's always been a city, like, you know, the GTA series or a school campus or obviously the wild west they they've never really gone into like fantasy or sci-fi or anything like out of the ordinary like that and i would be really curious to see how they would put that together with a franchise like dragon age now dragon age has historically been an rpg which is typically not in rockstar games wheelhouse but as we've heard with the new game uh, Dreadwolf, it is starting to be more of an action-focused game. So that yeah. starts to feel a little bit more doable for a Rockstar Games uh, type of, of product. Um, so I would love to see their storytelling chops and how they would come up with an interesting narrative for a high fantasy game. I, I wonder how realistic they'd make that world look, um, the pacing of the game. Um, how open-ended and sandboxy it could be. Like they, they could probably do a lot of really interesting stuff with this franchise. It's an unlikely fit, but it'd be it'd be one that, if it was ever realistic, which it won't be, I'd be super curious about. So that's my pick. Yeah,
1: it's super curious. I mean, all they would have to do is take Red Dead Redemption 2, same setting replace the, the towns with castles, <laughs> dragons in the sky and call him King Arthur. And we got Listen, ourselves, uh, dragon. I'd, buy, there.
0: I'd buy that. Now, now,
1: I, that would be super interesting. It's probably one of the more interesting ones on your list there. Uh, in terms of like, Hmm, I wonder what that would really look like. That'd be super interesting. Um, Next game on my list is my beloved SWAT. I'm the only person that I fucking know that lo- loves SWAT. One, two, three, specifically four. Yeah, SWAT there's some listeners was, that
0: are like, "Huh? What? What's yeah, a SWAT?"
1: 4, <laughs> yeah, SWAT four was in in uh was featured in one of my games that defined me. Uh, that we did here on the show. Uh, it's just it's one of those games that kind of showed me. That the first-person shooter genre can be more than just Halo and those type of games. They can really bring forth a more methodical way of playing them. Uh, and SWAT basically is just your SWAT team, and you're getting calls. There's a hostile situation. There's a high uh, warrant. There's a. There's a high mark for a warrant out for this uh, really wanted person's, uh, like, a murderer's arrest, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of this stuff, and they, they just really kill it with, with it. And I think that the team that should make SWAT 4, or the next SWAT game, should be Ubisoft Montreal. Now, we already hmm. know when you say Ubisoft UB, Montreal, you're like, who the f- why would— uh, listen, <laughs> Walk with me here. I'm talking about the Ubisoft Montreal that did Rainbow Six Siege. You know, because Rainbow Six Siege is a lot like SWAT in that it is a a methodical, slow paced shooter. And when you think about what they have done with um, uh, with Rainbow Six Siege, and, and you think about the lineage of Rainbow Six with Hostage, uh, uh Hostage, um, uh, what do you call it? No, uh, a Terrorist Hunt. Yeah. You can do that with SWAT, but put it in, in a more uh, grounded reality with basically your SWAT team going into these sections and kind of going through that. I feel like they can—they're the only ones, that, in my opinion, that can really uh, make a realistic shooter a la Siege, but in that SWAT world to make it that much more interesting. I think that they can really pull that off. And it, it this would that would be kind of like my dream game uh, in terms of what they can do with specifically Ubisoft Montreal. Like the next kind of one of those Rainbow Six kind of games, I would want it to be a SWAT game, and I think that they can pull that off beautifully
0: yeah it's interesting SWAT is uh, a game that you're right no one talks about it but you know I remember you talking about how it was formerly developed by Irrational Games yeah Irrational uh, Games, which for yeah. people would you know remember that System Shock and uh, Bioshock and all the shocks uh, SWAT yeah.
1: SWAT 4 is a Ken Levine game if I'm not mistaken
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think he was directly I, I'm looking at the wiki right now he wasn't yeah. the producer So, but, but he was the head of the studio but I he, think, I at think the, he was the lead of the studio at the time if yeah, I'm not yeah, mistaken yeah. Um, but yeah yeah, so that's that, that's an interesting pick for sure, and I think it is an, an interesting fit too because you're right, the Rainbow Six angle does feel like a, like it would meld really well with that type of style of a game. So yeah, I'm I'm down for yeah. that actually.
1: It's if it, it, it SWAT Force, a, a game that I have on my PC and I still play. Uh, GOG is where you can get it, uh, and it is still I mean graphically it's not yeah, great, it's but it's it's still. Everything that you can do in that game, in terms of okay, the thought process behind it, kind of putting like a really uh, okay, I'm gonna send my team to the back door, have them breach, I go to the front, I breach to the front, like all all the plan is all there, and they it's it, it they they executed so well, I, I feel like Ubisoft Montreal can really kill it in that shit. I would love to see another one of those. Very um, interesting. Sierra Entertainment Classic, Mister. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got. What do you got?
0: Well, we just talked about Irrational Games and the Bioshocks of the world. Interestingly enough, Bioshock is a franchise that I want to give to a new developer, Pablo. Um, mm,
1: this is my, By the way, before you say who, <laughs> this is my favorite one on your list.
0: I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think I would give Bioshock to Kojima Productions. Hell yeah. I think this would be... I think Kojima would have a field day with this. Absolutely. I think he would he would love to come up with a concept in the Bioshock universe if he had a chance. I think he would he would know how to make this make this hypothetical game really spooky and unsettling and unnerving and very immersive. Um, I think he would be very clever with the type of powers he would give you, and I think he would. He would know how to tell a very like eerie and intriguing story in this world, too. Like I think this would be like almost a perfect marriage of IP and studio. Yeah. Um, I could see him taking a lot of cues from what he did with PT, what he did with Death Stranding, particularly with the narrative and the visual aesthetics in and, and infusing that into a concept for a Bioshock game that could be really, really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just it, I think the challenge would be for him is what it always is. It's like <laughs> don't it go is. don't go overboard. Don't get don't go into like outer space with this and, and, and go super nuts. Like obviously Bioshock is a very complex story and the lore is very out there. Thank you, Ken Levine, I guess. So, you know, I guess the brand of crazy that kojima has would actually probably fit very well with ken levine's brand of crazy so i would be all for this i I think it'd be a very unique fit for uh kojima productions and something new that maybe you know we haven't seen kojima do like an immersive sim before um yeah not not like this and i think that'd be a very fascinating um exercise for him as a as a visionary and a lead, so
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, Ken Levine has kind of proved himself to be a little bit of an elitist, a little bit of a snob. Oh boy, uh, pseudo intellectual in many ways. Uh, what I like about Kojima is that Kojima may come across like that at first, but not really. He's what he's is an ideas man. And he's also a person that doesn't know how to kind of control those ideas. And yep. I think a lot of his concepts, he doesn't give a shit if they're corny or, or, or whatever they may be. I think he'd never come across as him trying to be smarter than me him trying to outsmart the player it's just here are my ideas here's how i i i envision this i would really love to see that with bioshock because i think infinite which is a game that i am on record saying that i like quite a bit i understand why people hate it i i get it i i i don't love it for those reasons i don't think that it's a mind-blowing story i just think it's interesting i think it's an interesting kind of moment in time in gaming but i feel like all that is right for, for for uh kojima uh, in terms of, of, of taking that series and you know, maybe even going a little crazy because Bioshock it can lend itself to be a little crazy, you know. Uh, but yeah, I love that pick for you, man. That is a great pick. Uh, my next one is, obviously, I'm going to have to revi- revitalize here, Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper mm. is seem- seemingly abandoned by Sony. The most unique story, uh, the, mo- the most unique Sony mascot platformer has been disrespected by Jim Ryan long enough. Uh, Tim Schafer can love you. That's right. Double fine. Uh, that's a studio I would love to make, Sly Cooper. I, I-, I think that... Think of what you will about Double Fine. They made the most unique and incredible platformer in Psychonauts 2. Uh, I, I think that that really melts well with kind of Sly Cooper. I think personality is something that Sly, Bentley, and, and Murray all kind of have, but have never really been um, specifically explored by, by, uh, by Sony at all. So I really think that Double Fine can bring that out of them. Uh, Give them some unique gameplay features, just like Sly Cooper has always had, uh, and, and really have some hooks that 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 really can thrive within that uh, within that world. And I think that Sly Cooper as a Double Fine game would be absolutely phenomenal. I think they they would fucking kill it. Sadly, uh, one of the uh, I'm sad that Double Fine is owned by xbox because this is not a possibility instead yeah. what we're getting is rumors of double fine doing a banjo kazooie game fuck that don't do that <laughs> xbox go um go to jim ryan and be like yo we'll give you we'll give you call of duty just give us sly cooper just give us hey, sly man. just that's give all he wanted that's but, all he wanted yeah just give him call of duty man fuck call of Duty. give me sly <laughs> cooper Yeah, it's a fucking irresponsible economical uh, decision, but do it for me, Phil. Come on, man. Get the rights to Sly. Honestly, though, I think Sly Sly Cooper is just is a great fucking game that I love with all my heart. And it's been absolutely just kind of thrown into the shitter, Uh, along with a lot of the other mascot uh, platformers besides Ratchet and Clank. But, you know.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people heard Sly Cooper from you, and probably fist pumped because you know Sly Cooper does deserve more love. But it's yeah, man. it's going to be a tricky one because like if it were to come back hypothetically, it 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 is doable, but it also is not a franchise that fits PlayStation's new portfolio. Exactly. So it it is very tough to see how it would fit in. But then All again, you aside, got you got again, like yeah. you got like Sack Adventure. I mean, I think you can swing a freaking. Sly Cooper game, if you're willing to make another little little big planet offshoot.
1: Yeah, I mean. but I, I think for them it's kind of like, and I use this term quite a bit on the show, but today, but diminishing returns for them. It's like they have to put they they have to appease fans, they have to make a good game because Sony's killing it with the with the first party franchises, and so they they can't just. Release some bullshit, so they got to release something that's going to be good. And it's like we're going to spend money, time, effort into this, and then it's going to come out, and nobody's really going to play it because, unfortunately, Sly Cooper is probably the, the the one that sells the least amount in terms of the other uh, mascot, oh, yeah. uh by platform far. Mascot, yeah. by far. So it's just one of those things where, I'll all jokes aside, I absolutely understand it, but I think it would be really interesting, really cool if they were to be like, okay, we love Sly Cooper, doesn't fit our portfolio, uh, let's go ahead and have. Let's go ahead and sell it off, or let's go ahead and, and, and uh, franchise the, the, the game. You know, uh, give the right to somebody else. That doesn't have to be double fine. I, I mm-hmm. would just love it to be double fine, but it'd be awesome to see Sly Cooper in any capacity. Uh, but that would be the the best uh, best case scenario. Yeah. Last one for you. What do you got there, man?
0: Yeah. So got to talk about Ubisoft here. I'm I'm worried about Ubisoft they've let me down many a time much like bioware so I'm, I'm coming in for the rescue to get splinter cell the fuck out of their portfolio <laughs> for real I'm getting I'm saving I'm saving I'm saving Sam Fisher man um, and I'm giving Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell to Idos Montreal the makers of Deus Ex as we talked about a little earlier um, if anybody can pull off making a competent uh, stealth title with a lot of branching paths, a lot of, you know, different styles of approach. I think the pedigree of Idos Montreal, considering what they've done in their history, would be an amazing, amazing, amazing fit for Splinter Cell. Um, I feel like Ubisoft just does not know what the hell they're doing anymore with anything at this stage of the game. I mean, we didn't even cover it in the news segment, but like, Assassin's Creed Mirage is, is rumored to be getting delayed. I mean, it's just like they can't even get anything right. Even the stuff that they are, you know, they're usually pretty decent about getting out. So what's what am I supposed to do about my boy Sam? You know, he's got... Yeah. He, I, I want him to live. I want him to thrive. And I think that giving him to a studio like this, which understands the concept of stealth, understands the uh, immersive sim aspect, the sandboxy sort of pick-your-approach fashion that Splinter Cell used to be known for and revered for. I think there'd be an awesome marriage that would, I think, guarantee that this franchise would come back and be of
1: the high quality that fans deserve. I, that is a good one. And the reason why I like it so much is because I Montreal, you know, after the day of sex debacle, they, they really make incredible, incredible games. Like we, famously, on this show, it, it shitted on um, the possibility of... What's that game they made? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Gu- Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy. Where well, there's no way this is going to be good. And we ignored Idols Montreal, and Idos Montreal just proved that they know what the fuck they're doing. I would love to see a Tom Classy split style game. Uh, the only thing that kind of worries me would be the gameplay aspect of it. Um, I don't know, kind of like their background stealth games. Uh, what do you mean?
0: Well, Deus Ex is
1: yeah but it's like that's a first person shooter sure yeah yeah, yeah. I mean they'd yeah. have to
0: they'd have to step out of their comfort zone a little bit with this yeah, but I, yeah. I think they would be up for the challenge and be more capable than uh, anything that Ubisoft has going on right now <laughs>
1: for real so. well, I'll see how that remake goes but mm. uh, mm-hmm. I don't know man I'm worried I'm, I'm worried I'm worried, uh, I'm worried for, about everything the over franchise. there man yeah Marco Metal Gear Solid what about it Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Solid 1 on PlayStation (laughs) revolutionized the industry. It did that? Metal Gear Solid 2 is arguably one of the best games of all time on many people's top 10, top 5 lists. Better than MGS3,
0: yep, correct.
1: Uh, uh, MGS3 did the same, uh, really put... I'm going to ignore what you said, you son of a... uh, Metal Gear uh, Gear Solid 3 uh, did the same, really put the franchise on the map, solidified... It's kind of like uh, incredible storytelling and made Kojima one of the most kind of iconic, those three games, Kojima one of the most iconic um, game developers ever, you know, this side of Cliffy B. True. Um, And then we got Metal Gear Solid 4. And then we got Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm and then skipping we got Peace Walker and Portable yeah, I'm, I'm Ops. skipping Peace Walker and Portable Ops. I, those were good. I, I, enough. I, I comparatively speaking, when you look at four and five, those were fucking <laughs> rainbows and, and butterflies. Those, those were amazing compared to uh, to um, to four or five. They had to do what they had to do. With Peace Walker because it was a PSP game or a Vita game. I can't remember which. And they, you know, anyway. Here's my here's my here's my point. My point is. The series is lacking. Is slacking. We got a Metal Gear Survivor game to wrap up the last game to ever come out of the series right now, uh, and I know Marco enjoyed that game, but it's not a it's not a serious game. It's not a Metal Gear Solid. Oh no, game. it's not serious uh, yeah, at all. Yeah. No. So it, it's it's one of those things where I I miss Metal Gear Solid. I do uh, the mess with five and the story, the incomplete story. I, I here's a thing that I don't miss about Metal Gear Solid. And this would be kind of sacrilegious. Is the kind of like just the tongue in cheek of it all at times? At times, you know, there, there's certain aspects of that, that the franchise that kind of get in the way. It's quirky. I kind of want to cut a little quirky out and give this to Naughty Dog. Um, mm. when you think about uh The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, and obviously Uncharted, but more for more focusing more on the last of us 2. Last of Last of Us 2 kind of revitalized its gameplay, uh, made it really good the gameplay I think. And it, it use a lot of things that in, within the environment you can use with stealth, crawling, all that good stuff. I'm thinking about it that in that way. Sure, that's good. Gameplay of 5 was amazing, sure, but I would sacrifice a little bit more of the gameplay, kind of toning it down a little bit. If we get a Naughty Dog-level Metal Gear Solid story, would be absolutely fantastic. They don't really do tongue-in-cheek. I mean, Uncharted is is, is funny, uh, and there are some funny bits here and there with, with just kind of relationships in, in, in The Last of Us. But I just want to fucking down-in-the-dirt... Metal Gear Solid story that is serious as it possibly Naughty Dog can make it and just kind of really bring Solid Snake. I want a Solid Snake story, by the way, bring Solid Snake Thank back in, in a way that is undeniable. That's what I would love. I would love Mm. them to to take this series and just kind of crank it up to fucking 15. I don't think anybody can do it anymore. I I think Kojima has lost the plot when it comes to the series. I think he's focused on other things. Now, obviously, even if he were to come back, that wouldn't really excite me as much as excited me for Naughty Dog. Um, Sure, I'm excited for the remakes of games uh, like 3, but a new Metal Gear Solid game? I don't think... Is there anybody you can think about in terms of making the next one of saga that can really make you excited? Like, even if it was Kojima, I don't think that would, I would, that would interest me as much as if it was Naughty Dog or something like that. Um, it would
0: depend on what the project is. If, it's a, if we're doing an original game, yeah. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with anybody else, to be honest with you. Uh, it would probably have to be a Naughty Dog type or like an Insomniac, maybe yeah um but that would be it if it's like a remake or like a reboot yeah yeah sure Sure. and then and I, I think you have a little bit more flexibility there but yeah naughty
1: dog is just yeah. they can do it all man they got all they got all the chops all of they've them. and they've absolutely improved themselves i know people will be like yeah but Metal the 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 play the gameplay in metal gear solid 5 is absolutely phenomenal and it is it's really good but that's about it, man. That's all that game has going on for it. Marco has a a hilarious joke he told me. I don't know if he remembers it, where he said, um, "When the story of when the story of NBA Two K has more cutscenes than uh mainline Metal Gear Solid game, that's a problem." You yeah. said that, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, that. That was the year that Spike Lee directed. Yeah, <laughs> 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 fucking Spike Lee. Man, Spike
0: Lee had a whole ass ghost of a best friend in his story, and we that's couldn't right. get. We couldn't get Big Boss to say more than four words strung together. Thank you for <laughs> casting Kiefer Sutherland for no man, reason.
1: Spike Lee had a ghost friend show up, and we barely saw a Ghost Face in Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> it's, uh, ah. it's it's ridiculous. Man, um,
0: Five was a mess, bro. Five but, was a mess. Uh, I would yeah. take that. I would take. I would take that. I'm. I'm also cool with like uh you know the Blue Point Studios rumor. Uh, although I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I'm Probably doing what? Bloodborne or something, but. Blue Point yeah. doing what? Blue Point, you know how the rumors of them doing like a remake for Metal Gear Solid was was like oh, happening and yeah, all yeah. that, yeah. But um, yeah, I Naughty would love that. I w- kill it.
1: I would love a remake of all three games, and then that would appease me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Metal Gear, uh, Sons of Liberty, and three. Uh, but a new game gotta be gotta be Naughty Dog caliber team for sure. Give it to Bloober Team, yeah. Ooh, boy.
0: yeah. All right, man. Well, that was a good time. A little little. Almost like a weird fantasy draft kind of a thing we had going on there. That was a good time, though. Uh, So that is going to do it for this week's show, though. Uh, Until next time, if you enjoyed this, give our podcast a sub. We would appreciate it. We would love you a long time if you do that. If you go also (laughs) follow us on Instagram. (laughs) Just trying to keep Pablo uh, on his toes here. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at It's Cool Down Time if you want to stay in our FOV in between episodes as well. Uh, on behalf of Pablo and uh, my bad last-minute joke, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take it easy. Shit, we're in trouble. Uh damn.
1: Let's stop recording for five minutes. I got to take a terrible doo-doo. My stomach has been crazy. Just five minutes. That's all I need. But let's stop the recording. Yeah, just stop the recording. Or you want to keep it going.